Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. making his debut on Nightlight Part 2, but we're working on a follow-up show already. We have had a few more ghost-themed shows recently, and we are kicking off the new year with another. Willie Hassel is a longtime paranormal researcher in the New England area, has been a stalwart co-host of Spirit Radio with the lovely and multi-talented Lynn Nickerson. And Willie has just released a solo documentary film entitled The Soul of the Sea Witch. It is now available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, type in The Soul of the Sea Witch, and... Um, it sh- uh, should pop up. It's like a little photo of President Eisenhower. Hi, Willie. How are you? Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year, Mac. And Barbara, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, we're yeah we're doing fine. Um, yeah, you took on the role of being Stanley Kubrick for this project. Uh, you're the <laughs> Narrator, producer, director, audio engineer, camera operator, do, just doing a little bit of everything on it. Uh, uh, is it a daunting task to be a jack of all trades on doing a, you know, what, 35 minute documentary? Um, yeah, it, it is. It's it's a big project, and, and yeah, that's a lot of hats to wear, uh, but it was a fun project. I, I, I had a great time every minute of it. You did a great job, and it uh, just just wait till the show's over, then, then head over to YouTube. It's, you know, a very well done movie. I... I really enjoyed it. And 
No, it's, well, thank um, you, Mark. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it, you're welcome. Uh, you know, I think you know, people uh, are, you know, when you get into you know, ghosts, you know, paranormal uh, shows or stories, you know, most most of the time they're uh, dealing with haunted houses, but <clears throat> ships seem to be an overlooked connection to the paranormal. I, you, know, uh, you can look at Moby Dick and you, know, you get that scene with um, St. Elmo's fire <clears throat> and <clears throat> adds the uh, gothic, gothic elements when uh, Captain Ahab and Starbuck and, and some of the other uh, crew members, you know, touch their swords together, and, and it's, you know, it gives gives you really uh, it's a it's a really eerie scene. You get the Flying Dutchman uh, legend, and uh, you know the Bermuda Triangle uh, you know, deals with lost ships and airplanes, the Philadelphia experiments, uh, you know, the ship in. Samuel Taylor Coleridge's uh, *The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner*. Um, you know, it's we have a number yeah, of, of you know literary uh, haunted, you know, ghostly apparition type settings on ships. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, the let's Queen. Let's not uh, let's not forget one of the more famous ones, of course, the Queen Mary. Yeah, I was just but, uh, yeah, just going right. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, Long Beach, Long Beach, California. Okay, and that one is a major paranormal destination now. What, you know, you know what? That seems to be featured pretty frequently on a lot of uh, the ghost shows. Do, do you? I know it's not uh, in your movie, but uh, what what's the story behind the hauntings in the Queen Mary? You know, I I don't really know the uh, the story to the Queen Mary. I've never been there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been you by know, it. I've seen it, but I've never actually been there. And I should probably put it on my list uh, for one of those places to visit one of these yeah. days. I I really don't know the story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. We need a field trip, but yeah, yeah, I just uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just uh, don't know why it's haunted, but yeah, that's a West Coast example of mm. a haunted destination. But uh, your documentary is featuring an East Coast uh, ship, so. Yes, it is. It's the yeah, it's the USS Salem. Uh, it was commissioned in what 1943. So uh, take us yeah. through these early stages of the uh, building of the USS Salem. 
Well, actually, uh, the ship was ordered on uh, June 14th, 1943. It was what was originally planned to be uh, 12 ships were ordered by the uh, U.S. Navy. Only three of them were ever actually finished, though, due to the uh, the end of the war. Uh, the USS Des Moines, the USS Newport News, and the USS Salem. So, uh, as I said, she was ordered on June 4th, 1943, and then the keel was laid down in July of 1945. But she didn't sail until March 25th of 1947, after the war had uh, ended. And she was commissioned officially on January 30th of 1949. And uh, she then did her uh, shakedown cruising in October of 1949 in the uh, uh, Caribbean, made several uh, trips down to Cuba, where she got the uh, the nickname the Gitmo Express. Uh, she later joined the Atlantic Fleet at the turn of the decade, uh, 1950, and uh, was then known as the Pride of the uh, Sixth Fleet in the Mediterranean Sea, where she did most of her uh, most of her career. It's a uh, pretty short career, though, only 10 years. It was uh, January 1930 when uh, the ship was decommissioned and uh, sent down to the Mothball Fleet at the uh, Philadelphia Navy Shipyard. A pretty short, pretty short uh, span for uh, such a an expensive and capable warship. Yeah, and in your movie, uh, you do talk about the dimensions of the ship. Uh, it, it's actually probably much larger than many people would. Uh, think. Uh, can, can you give us the dimensions and you know, the amount of uh, uh, crew members it held? Sure, sure. It was uh, uh, 717 feet long with a beam of 77 feet. Um, it had a crew of 1,800 officers and enlisted men. And it was uh, she was a very well armed ship. She was uh, she was built for war, although she never did see action. Um, she carried uh, nine eight inch fifty five caliber main guns in uh, three triple gun turrets, two over the foresail and one after the superstructure. She also had twelve five inch thirty eight calibers, twenty three inch guns, and eight. 20 millimeter anti-aircraft guns, and so I mean it was, it was a, a well well armored armed ship. Um, it, she was no no question about it. She was built for war. Okay, it, you you also noted the technology that was used in. Uh, Installed was, um, you know, at, at that you know, in the late 1940s. It, it was actually, uh, you know, the cutting cutting edge in technology. Oh yeah, yeah. She was uh, state of the art for for her time. But uh, after after ten years, I, I don't know. I guess she just. Uh, they had come up with bigger and better things, and of course we were coming into the nuclear age then, 
And so uh, she had just kind of served her purpose, and uh, they they decided that was uh, that was that was that was enough. Okay. So. And, okay. So. Uh, like I say, she was uh, sent to the uh, Philadelphia Navy uh, Yard, uh, the uh, what's known as the mothball fleet, which essentially means that she sat there rusting away until um, nineteen. Ooh, I think it was 1994, the uh, USS Salem Association in uh, Quincy, Mass, uh, got the ship, and it was brought back to Quincy. And she sits now uh, not more than 100 yards away from where she was built. The uh, oh. uh, the, four, the old Four River Shipyard in Quincy, Massachusetts, where a lot of, a lot of Navy ships were, were built, I think, um, actually... More Navy ships were built there than any other uh, shipyard in the country. And uh, so now she is right back there. It's it's no longer uh, uh, the shipyard, but she is right back there, not more than 100 yards from where she was built back in, in uh, 1949. Okay, and you know, just for the listeners to, uh, to know that the USS Salem is – now a museum it's at the um it's actually part of a yeah it's it's part of the uh united states uh naval shipbuilding museum yeah and, that, that, uh, that was the, the name i was trying to think of yeah yeah and the ship is open to the public uh not right now it, it's closed during the winter but uh, during the spring, summer and fall, the ship is open to the public to go, and uh, anybody can go aboard and explore. And they also uh, do paranormal investigations, uh, public investigations aboard the ship, too. Okay, so okay, so Willie gave us a great uh, background on the ship. Uh, okay. So some of its first uh, couple voyages were to uh, Cuba. You, the museum's staff, in 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 your documentary, uh, do discuss the uh, trip to the Eastern Mediterranean. And its uh, role there, uh, that really starts to become um, an interesting story. Uh, so, what? So after you know the couple trips to Cuba, uh, take, take us to the Mediterranean. Yeah, like I said, she was the uh, the pride of the Sixth Fleet in the Mediterranean, and uh, she did a lot of humanitarian uh, type type of missions, and she was also used in uh, the Suez uh, crisis in October, uh, November of 1956, and she responded to the Lebanon crisis in July 1958. But one of the uh, other things that she responded to was is uh, one of the big reasons why the ship is haunted, and that is in uh, 1953, 
She responded along with several ships from other countries to the Ionian Islands of Greece as uh, aid to uh, earthquake victims. They had a major earthquake, and uh, several ships responded. And the Salem was used as sort of a makeshift hospital and, unfortunately, a makeshift morgue uh, for a lot of the victims of the of the earthquakes. And so now, uh, I mean, the the spirits, the, the hauntings aboard the ship are not just uh, naval personnel. There's a lot of civilians, uh, a number of women. Um, there were even, during the earthquake, there were even uh, a number of uh, babies were born aboard the ship. And there was a ghost dog on, on board the ship, uh, which we, we assume must have come from the, from the earthquake uh, victims. Uh, she was also at one time, I forget which, what year this was, she was uh, rafted alongside of the uh, USS Cleveland at the uh, Brooklyn Navy Yard when the, uh, the Cleveland had an explosion and a fire aboard and several men were killed and injured and they were taken aboard the, uh, the Salem where, uh, you know, the injured were taken aboard where some of them died on the Salem. So uh, we're sure that that has uh, something to do with the, why the ship was haunted. And another uh, incident was in 1956. The Salem was headed to France, and she was out at sea doing uh, some maneuvers along with the John J. Pierce. Uh, they were doing big gun practice when one of the guns on the Pierce jammed and exploded, and one, one sailor was killed instantly. Nine others were injured, and uh, the injured were uh, brought aboard the Salem, and uh, where uh, three of them died. Uh, and a little, little side note, one of the injured was uh, an officer named John Pierce, who the uh, ship was named after his uncle, the uh, John J. Pierce. So there was... Uh, in. For a ship that never saw action, there was a lot of deaths uh, aboard or associated with it. Uh, the last I heard, there was over 90 deaths um, aboard the ship, and that is a, a lot of a lot of death for a ship that never saw combat. Well, okay, so with the Greek earthquake. Uh, are people reporting that uh, the apparitions were wearing, uh, you know, uh, Greek attire? Clothes, uh, you know, yeah, you you would think so, and you would think that they'd be speaking Greek, but I've I've never actually heard that they were. Um, like I say, there was uh, a number of women and, and children and and the dog. But I, it's you would think that they they would be uh, seen wearing, uh, you know, wearing Greek uh, attire and maybe Greek sailors, I would think, uh, and speaking Greek, but it's, it's never been mentioned. It's one of those strange things about the paranormal and EVPs. Um, you know, it seems like no matter what country you're in, why are the EVPs in English? It, it it really doesn't make sense. It, when um, Tanya and Joey Medea were guests were, uh, with us, I think it was the first 
first time. Uh, you know, they did talk about this uh, German submarine that uh, as captain or uh, of a German submarine. Uh, somehow his photo ended up in this uh, museum in uh, Beaufort, North Carolina. And yeah, I I think that there was, uh, you know, when they were investigating the room where this uh, photo of the submarine you know, photographed off the coast of North Carolina, you know, was uh, hung on the wall. Um, like they picked up some uh, uh, ger- German words were being said. It, it, it's very interesting. I, I, I just get a couple uh, samples of foreign languages being said, and you know, there there aren't Greek words uh, being picked up by EVPs. I have not heard any no. Uh, the, only, huh. the only EVPs okay. that I've actually heard were, were in English. So, I mean, of course, like I said, you know, uh, it wasn't only the uh, the victims from the Greek island that, that are out, out on board. It's, you know, there are sailors um, and, you know, sailors who died from those those other incidents uh, who would, would, of course, be speaking in English. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's just a very interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, outside of uh, outside of the earthquake victims, there are, and you know, there have been a number of of sightings of uh, sailors. There, there is one um, at the uh, the CPO mess. Um, there is a sailor who was it was quite often seen. You just you know, walk by the uh, corridor past the doorway to the CPO mess, and every time he'll walk by, it's always forward to aft. He never goes the other way, and they say that on occasion he's actually been spotted several times within just a few minutes. Uh, he'll walk by. You can yell at him, uh, whatever. He, he won't respond. He won't look. He, he just walks by, so he's, he's definitely a residual, residual type haunting. But a number of people have seen that one and, and other uh, full-bodied apparitions of sailors walking around the, the corridors of the ship. Okay. Uh, the the uh, ghost dog is <laughs> interesting. Uh, I don't think we've really covered ghost pets um, you know, from maybe more than a sentence or two. Uh, okay, so the the uh, ghost dog probably came from the earthquake. That's it, what it, we're assuming. Okay, it, are ghost pets rarely reported, or do they show up fairly frequently? And you know what uh, what people were. Are writing or telling 
uh, researchers like yourself? You know, you, you don't really hear all that much about uh, spirits of animals, but I, I know they I know they do exist. I mean, after all, you know, an animal or a person has a, you know, I mean, they they can be uh, ghost animals just as well. I, I actually had one myself uh, in my apartment one time. I had a ghost cat. Um, so I, I know I know it is possible, but no, you don't really hear all that much about them. I, I don't know why it's a uh, it's a subject. Actually, the there are books on uh, uh, pet hauntings. Uh, we were going to have a a guest on our show one time talking about uh, spirit animals, but uh, it, it never we, we couldn't uh, couldn't get hooked up, so we never did. But it's a uh, it's an interesting an interesting part of the paranormal, I think. Yeah, I, I, you know, we haven't heard much about it, but um, now that you bring it up, I, you know, just just wondering, it's is it reported more frequently, or you know, just in a rare occasion? I I I just wanted to ask. I don't I don't really know, but it, um, obviously. Um, you know, you know, people uh, died aboard the ship, and you know, you said it, it was. It also served as a morgue. Uh, there were also babies. Uh, yeah. Born, mm-hmm. born there as well. I was. I was just wondering. Uh, is is there any connection between uh, you know, the circumstances where someone is born, and you know, uh, you know, if it's like during a catastrophic event, and the afterlife? Uh, one one of the people in your documentary talked about a screaming that sounded like it, it might have been. Uh, uh, you know, one of the uh, earthquake evacuees, uh, you know, ha- having a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is yeah there... that was uh, Sam Beltrusus. Uh, when he was okay. aboard the ship one time, he, he heard this, this terrible screaming, and uh, that's what he believes. It was one of the, uh, one of the uh, women from the uh, earthquake uh, probably, probably giving birth down in the uh, in the uh, medical area. That's that's what he believes it was. So I mean, I, I suppose you know these these women, you know they they were pregnant and you know time is getting near. And then with the uh, you know with the earthquake and all the uh, drama from the earthquake, it probably you know. Caused uh, some of them to uh, give birth a little earlier, maybe than than they might have otherwise, and it just just kind of happened that uh, you know they they gave birth aboard the ship. Okay, well, it, it, you just have all kinds of of even though the ship never was in a battle that. The 
purpose what became the purpose for providing humanitarian aid really seemed like what it it opened the ship up for hauntings it's dealing with all kinds of situation uh, uh, unusual circumstances um, yeah yeah that's true I, I suppose it uh, it did open the ship up for a lot of other types of circumstances other than just the military so so yeah that uh, they would give it a more of a wide variety of uh, possible hauntings Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It, 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 it was, I, I think you, you as well as the uh, museum uh, staff and you know, the the few uh, paranormal uh, researchers that you you include uh, just provided. A wide variety of um, hauntings. It's. I just found the whole. Your thirty-five minutes. It'd be really captivating, and obviously, uh, there has to be a. Uh, you know the morgue. What about hauntings on the uh, deck, or you know the crow's nests? Is there certain areas of the ship that are? more prone for sightings than others? Has there been some kind of study on location? Yeah, most most of the activity does seem to be uh, down below deck. Um, Like I said, the the CPO mess and uh, what is known as the third mess, which is one of the uh, one of the cruise mess halls, is a lot of activity, and the ward room, and let's see the uh, the medical area, the uh, surgical ward, and the dentist office. The uh, they seem to be uh, the places where most of the activity takes uh, takes place. I really haven't heard about much up in the bridge or the captain's quarters or anything like that. One thing that you do hear a lot, and and this I heard myself uh, more than once, is uh, footsteps uh, running Mm -hmm. up on the deck at night. And uh, there was one one incident uh, in particular one night I was was aboard uh, doing some filming and they were also leading uh, ghost, uh, public ghost investigation that same night. Uh, Greater Boston Paranormal Associates is the uh, is the group that does the investigations. And so they were down in the in the CPO mess, and I was just I was wandering around the ship. So at one point I went and uh, I joined them in there for a few minutes to see what was going on. And then we all heard 
loud loud footsteps running up on the deck. And in, in the first place, we knew there was nobody else up there. And outside of that, if you've ever been on the deck of the Salem at night in the dark, and you tried to run up there, you would you would kill yourself. There's just too many things to to run into, trip over, and I've done it myself a number of times, tripped. Um, so we we all heard this, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go up, you know, take a look and see if I see anybody, even though we know there's nobody there. And I got about maybe 30 feet down the corridor, and I ran into another group of investigators, and they said, did you hear the footsteps? And I said, yeah, I, I just heard them up on deck. I was just going up to, to take a look. And they said, well, we heard them, but it wasn't on the deck. We just heard them come running out from where you just came from. So it's, it's strange. Two, two different groups of people heard the same thing, but coming from a different place. Hmm. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> the butter room, or, or what's called the butter room, uh, mm. seems to be uh, the most concentrated area of hauntings. But um, that seems seems to be understandable. Um, yeah, it's what uh, where a lot of the uh, was basically a makeshift morgue. But uh, some of the other people in your video, you know, talk about it, like what you just mentioned—the footsteps in the hallway or uh, going up the steps. One of the intriguing aspects of in these paranormal studies is. Uh, why are some of the, you know, the those narrow, steep flights of steps um, haunted? It, it, you know, why is someone reliving doing the same task over and over on like a, a stairwell or a certain hallway when you know, they may not have died there. I think that's uh, one of my interests in you know, my just kind of general paranormal studies. You know, yeah. Well, why why, sure. you know, why be... is something at a certain location? Well, well that would be uh, what's known as a residual haunting which is, is just kind of an, an impression on the environment. It's, it's something that uh, you, you get them a lot, um, like maybe in an old house where at a certain time of day you'll, you'll see a, a spirit will maybe walk through a wall or something. Right. And, you know, it's, uh, and it's residual. They won't react with anybody. It's an imprint on time, and why are they walking through a wall? Well, maybe because a hundred years ago there was a door there, and so it's it's not like I don't know the way I would figure it. It's not like a, a spirit is actually stuck there. It's just a, it's kind of like a, a movie being played over and over again. It's it, it's it is a kind of a hard concept to. Uh, to really wrap yourself around, 
I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, that it's just the particular location, like why this one particular location? Mm. That I, that's yeah. my interest. Yeah, well, yeah, just trying to explain like, that. Yeah, that's, like uh, like the sailor that they see walk past the CPOMS. It's probably something that that he just did, just did many times during his uh, during his time on the ship. Maybe. Maybe he walked by there. He was on his way to to dinner or something, which was kind of kind of a happy time for him, you know. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. It, it could be something as simple as that. But uh, I mean, these that's it. The uh, the sailors that uh, lived and worked aboard the ship. I mean, you know, most of them or many of them, anyways. They, you know, there was there was their home for a lot of a lot of the time for several years, and uh, a lot of them they loved the ship. And so when they, even if they didn't pass on the ship, I mean, if they may have passed years later somewhere else and, and just gone back because that's where they were, that's where they were happy. And maybe that's where they want to spend, uh, spend their time, you know? Okay. It, it, aside from uh, the numerous uh, people from, from the uh, Greek earthquake who passed away on the uh, ship, uh, there are uh, several naval officer ghosts, you know, like you just mentioned, they, yeah, that was their home for a long time. It it was what, uh, 1800 people, uh, Eighteen hundred, yeah. yeah. Um, and and yeah, you know, there's a, a few samples of uh, an angry sailor and a cook. But uh, you know, yeah. what what were some some of the uh, reports that you received uh, about these? Uh, ghostly characters. Well, one of them, as you just mentioned, was uh, was the angry cook. Um, the uh, the leader of uh, Greater Boston Paranormal, his name is Don DeCristofaro, and I have to thank him. Without him, uh, this this video never would have happened. But anyways, he was on the ship uh, one time years ago. It was his, his very first uh, paranormal investigation, actually, and he had heard about this uh, this sailor back in the uh, CPO mess. There was uh, uh, back in the third mess, actually. There was kind of a grumpy guy, and so he called him out one night, and he says, "You know, you you think you're uh, Mr. Tough Guy? Well, I was uh, I was uh, in the Navy too, and I'm tougher than you'll ever be." And you know, so anyway, he was you know not very nice to him, but and then nothing happened that night nothing at all happened and it was several years later when he was investigating another time um, and he had a psychic with him and uh, the uh, the grumpy cook uh, showed up again and uh, you know the psychic said he's uh, he's right behind you he's standing right behind you and you know he's he's basically he's laughing at us you know what are these people doing except for you Don she says he hates you and at the time uh, when she said this, um, 
Well, first you got to understand this happened in the summertime. And aboard the ship in the summertime is incredibly hot. It's like it's a big steel can out in the sun. There's there's no air conditioning or anything. It's and it's you know if it's 90 degrees outside, it's probably 110 down below. And he says all of a sudden his back just felt like ice cubes. And that's when she said that uh, he is right behind you and he hates you. And so what what they've come to the conclusion probably why is the uh, why is the cook so grumpy? Uh, they think it's probably because all these people now are coming aboard the ship and, you know, they're just wandering around. Uh, you know, during the day, people come, they just tour the ship, wander around at night. The paranormal investigators come and they sit around and they ask questions. And he's probably thinking, well, why are all these people just hanging around doing nothing when I'm working? I'm, I'm on this ship busting my ass and everybody else is just hanging around doing nothing. You know, so they they think that's probably why he's uh, kind of kind of Mister Grumpy. Has anyone been able to identify who the cook was? I don't think they have gotten a name for him yet. Uh, I know they have come up with names. Uh, for for some of the spirits aboard, I I couldn't tell you offhand who they are. Uh, Don has done a lot of a lot of research into the ship, the uh, the history of the ship, and uh, you know he has put a lot of this stuff together. But I I really couldn't tell you myself um, who they do have names for or not. Okay. Um, I, I just want. Uh, just, just wondering. It, 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 um, yeah. It, it, there, there was one uh, uh, ghost sighting that that was really intriguing. Uh, two people saw. Uh, like, like a, a, a ghost enter the uh, room they were in at, mm. at at the same time, but each one had a different perception of of the ghost. Uh, can, right. can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was is like a shape shifting type. I, I I found that one to be something really uh, unique. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's basically just that they both perceived it in different ways. There was uh, again Don De Cristofaro and Amanda Cook, who uh, who saw this apparition, and they were in the uh, in the wardroom uh, one night. And they were they were sitting there doing EVP sessions. They'd been there for about a half hour, I guess, and uh, not really too much of anything was happening. And then they heard uh, footsteps coming towards them, coming down the corridor. And uh, so they were kind of waiting for somebody to come into the room. And what Amanda saw was she saw a full-bodied apparition. I mean, a solid a solid person walked by the doorway. 
Um, she didn't say, uh, at least I don't think she said, if, if it was uh, somebody dressed in uh, sailor's clothing or if uh, civilian. Uh, I don't believe she said. But she saw this full-body, solid figure walk by the doorway. And Don, who was sitting right next to her, what he saw was, was a shadow figure. And the shadow figure actually stopped and stepped inside the doorway for a minute and then turned around and left. And they both just kind of looked at each other and, did you see that? And, and what they did was uh, they, they, they both went off after this person to see who it was. And one went out one door, one went out the other door on the other side of the ship, and they headed towards the bow. And, of course, being a ship, it comes to a point in the bow, and they met up, up there, and neither of them saw anything, and he just disappeared. Um, it, the only place he could have gone would, would to be up one of the uh, stairways, but they are very loud. Uh, there's no way anybody could have gone up without without them hearing it. And so who it was, uh, they don't know. But, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's just, it's uh, like people perceive things differently. Like, I mean, some people actually do see um, spirits, see ghosts. Other people, like myself, uh, never see anything. So it's it's all in I guess all in how much in tune you are to it and and the way each individual person would perceive it. Yeah, yeah. that um, case study, uh, you know, it's just something really. Um, I don't. Um, Know the right word for it. It it, it just it, it was uh, a, the point you made about perception of the viewer mm. should be some kind of lesson for us. You know, uh, um, kind of seems like you know, like the uh, Rakshasa Coal Shack. You know, you know, you, you perceive yeah. the person you trust, but it's actually a uh, monster uh, that you're projecting your trust onto. Uh, it, it, it was. It, mm. it just seemed like something uh, really different in what's been reported. I I just found, found it very interesting. But is um, the the ship was uh, named uh, the Salem, and you know, the um, your movie is entitled uh, "The Soul of the Sea Witch." But does the Connection to Salem, the you know, some kind of connotation with you know the some of the as, aspects of an unpleasant past uh, with Salem have any kind of connection as as anyone made that kind of case. 
No, I I wouldn't think so. Um, that okay. is, of course, where the name the name came up, because the uh, uh, the USS Salem was named after the the city of Salem, Massachusetts, the which is the witch city, and so uh, the nickname, the official nickname of the ship is the Sea Witch, which is the which is where the title "The Soul of the Sea Witch" came from. Okay, and the um, crew d- discussed um, you know, USS Salem <clears throat> uh, has a soul. I thought that was uh, right. captivating well, way. Yeah, well, the way that came about is uh, one of our first visits down there, uh, we hadn't actually started filming yet. We just went down to, uh, you know, explore the ship and, uh, you know, look for filming locations. And uh, it was my brother, actually, Jim Ashworth, who, who was with me. And when we were talking to Don about the ship, he was giving us the history and Jim just brought up this question. He says, do you think uh, that the ship, a ship, you know, an uh, inanimate object would have a soul? And so it kind of went from there. And uh, I went to uh, a meeting at, uh, used to go to a place called KRI Center, uh, which, uh, you know, a place where we discuss all kinds of paranormal stuff. And one night I, I said, Nothing about why I was asking. I just brought up to the whole room. I said, you know, does anybody, what does everybody think? Could, could an inanimate object, um, like I said, I think I said like a ship, could, could it have a soul? And, you know, just to see what everybody, what everybody's answer would be. And what, what we all, you know, basically came up with is, you know the ship itself would not have a soul it's you know it's just it's made of steel and but the soul of the ship i mean you know the the salem in a way does have a soul but it's the souls of all the people who who were served on the ship all the people who were touched by the ship and the energy that was left behind by all these people um which basically you know that's that's how we all you know figured it's the ship, technically, like I say, technically, uh, a ship wouldn't have a soul, but there is the, the souls of uh, the collective souls of everybody who was touched by the ship, and so that's that's how I came up with the name uh, Soul of the Sea Witch. Yeah, you know, one one of the topics um, that you introduced early on uh, about. Um, when she was built, made her you know, maiden voyage in when, mm-hmm. uh, 1949. She has the, the most high high tech equipment uh, for the time. Um, does the Radios and radar, uh, <clears throat> all the other, 
gadgets on uh, a ship. Uh, Does that attract paranormal activity here, like, you know, like on some of the TV shows, you know, the camera batteries die. I know uh, Hmm. when I got out, you know, my camera to take, you know, my first shot at America Stonehenge, the battery just suddenly went dead. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. When when we were when we were filming our, our latest thing up there, we had a, a lot of uh, problems with batteries dying on us. So uh, yeah, I, I suppose all the electronics on the ship, although you know none of the uh, radios or anything are working these days, or the radar or anything like that. But I suppose uh, you know at some point that could have something to do with the with the hauntings. I just, I just want to. It's you know the paranormal is not you know, like a not an expert. I, I just, I just have it. It, it it's just uh, an interesting subject. I I just yeah. uh, uh, yeah, when I, you hear a little bit about some of the other like the someone tunes in on. The AM dial, and you know, like they might hear grandma <clears throat> giving a cookie recipe or something like that. Yeah, it's just it's, yeah. it's you, you hear things like that every once in a while. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, you know, you know, like the, you know, it's saying about like Dennis's property that's and it's had to kind of you know, tell Dennis, hey, hey slow, slow down, or uh, let me get. Let me get the battery changed here first before you, yeah, you know, yeah, I'll lose my place and uh, you know forget what I'm uh, shoot, shooting right now. But yeah, it, 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 you know, it, there's some of those energy lines and technology uh, seems to figure into some cases. I, I, I just just wanted to ask. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I certainly certainly don't. Uh consider myself an expert on the paranormal by any means, but it's, it's, it is just uh, something that's, that's very interesting and something, I, you know, it's, it's I don't really understand, but I would like to understand more of it. And, um, I mean, it's projects like, like this that, uh, you know, kind of help in that direction. Um it gets people asking. Yeah, you, oh, go ahead. I think you get people asking questions and thinking about oh, experiences. Mm. And, and uh, there are also uh, reports of um, mists floating through the yeah. ha- hallways. Is <laughs> that a rare occurrence, or does it happen pretty pretty regular yeah, basis? I I think that would be uh, the mists. Actually, I think would be fairly rare. Um, there there are, have been a lot of people uh, 
have uh, have seen uh, shadow figures. Uh, one of our one of our crew during filming again, uh, my, my brother actually uh, he saw a shadow figure um, dart across the one of the corridors right in front of him. Um, so there there are a number of people that have seen them on board the ship. Um, what exactly a shadow figure is, I I, I don't know. I mean there. Are, there are some people that say it's it's a dark entity, but you know I don't I, I don't really buy that because I I don't believe in demons, so I guess I wouldn't. But in one of the groups you cite as being really instrumental in this project was the Greater Boston Paranormal Associates. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. What role were they playing in the making of your documentary? Well, uh, like I said, in the first place, um, they're the ones that that do all the... uh, public paranormal investigations on board the ship. They're the ones that run it. Um, and they're the, you know, they're the ones that they, they, they do it for the ship. You know, they, they don't make any money out of themselves. They do it totally, you know, 100% to raise money for the ship. And so they're the ones that have the access to the ship. And, uh, uh, Don DeCristoparo, who is the, uh, the leader of greater Boston is a, is a friend of mine. And he is the one that got me the access to to do this film aboard the ship, uh, which I gotta say was really fun. I had a seventeen a seven hundred and seventeen foot navy ship with unrestricted access to play on. So that was fun. And so, um, I mean, they all, of course, have had their experiences aboard the ship. So. A lot of uh, what the film is about is them telling their experiences, like the ghost cook right. and the shadow figure and the other figure in uh, that they saw going down the corridor, um, and EVPs that they have gotten aboard. Um, so they they uh, are a big a big part of the of the film, and uh, I, I really have to thank them for uh, for helping me out and making it all possible. When the time comes when people can be uh, tourists and visit the USS Salem, uh, and hopefully that is going to be really soon, uh, the volunteer staff of the ship uh, uh, they seem like they're very knowledgeable people uh, I, I think a couple of them said that they were also in the Navy as well so uh, mm. v- visitors get a uh, background from people who uh, know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, 
one of the uh, gentlemen who is who is in the video uh, actually served aboard the ship uh, back in the oh, 1940s. He was uh, he was a marine, a marine aboard the ship, and so you know he actually uh, had his own experiences on the ship, and he has seen seen things uh, just being there these days as a as one of the volunteers. And I, I got to say, it's uh, you know I think it's a great a great thing, a great job that these people are doing to uh, preserve the ship. And I actually dedicated the film to the volunteers of the uh, Salem Association. And I, I, you know, I think it's it's great the way that they uh, are keeping the ship. It's uh, it's the only remaining heavy cruiser in existence these days. All all the other ones are gone, and the Salem is the only one that's left. Uh, they are preserving history. Exactly, they are preserving history, and um, as we mentioned, the the Salem is part of the uh, Navy Shipbuilding Museum, and so there is there is a part of the ship that has been rebuilt into a museum with exhibits and such, but most mm-hmm. of the ship is is like walking back into history. Most of the ship is just like it was. Back in the uh, back in the forties, the fifties, um, it's it's like I say, it's just like walking back into history. Everything is everything is still there, just as it was, just as it was left. Well, um, one of the um, nice aspects of uh, you, your photography is. The, the use of drones, and I think it, it, it would have been a totally different movie with just you know a, a shot inside a certain room or just a shot of you know staying at the bow, you know, looking down on the. No. Uh, I, 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 I absolutely agree. Yep, I absolutely agree. I think the uh, the drone footage is is really really adds a lot to the film. And for that, mm-hmm. I have to give a big thank you to uh, Alexander Petikoff from uh, Petikoff Media. He's the one that did the uh, the drone footage for me, and he, he did a he did a great job. Excellent. I I, I think so. Too, I, I, you know, hovering over and flying, you know, down the ship, and yeah, it you, you could see it was a totally different yeah, perspective of everything. Yeah, and you can see where all, all, all the guns were. Uh, mm. Or the cannons were uh, placed yep. along the sides of the ship. Uh, it, it gives you a sense of it, it, its proportion to, you know, like this, uh, how, how it's going to be riding through the waves in in, in the sea. Uh, it, it was uh, really uh, very well done. Yeah, he did. Uh, like I say, he did. Uh, he did a great job. He's uh, really uh, amazing footage he did for me, and I really appreciate him doing it. 
I didn't have my own drone yeah. at the time. I, I do now. <laughs> so I could do it myself now, but <laughs> um, but and, I, I, and, I thank him for that. Oh yeah, I think Alexander did did uh show he's very talented ca- cameraman. Um yeah, you know, with all the work you've done at the James House uh, did did you notice any uh, differences between a haunted house and you know, basically a haunted floating house for eighteen hundred sailors? Is a paranormal difference oh. near water? Well, they they always say that water um, does does help to ramp up the paranormal, which is probably true. It probably has a lot to do with why why a lot of ships are haunted. As far as oh, the difference between the the house and the ship, I mean, I mean a, a ghost. I don't know how else to put it, but a ghost is a ghost, I guess, whether it be in a house or on a ship. Um, so I, I, you know, I didn't really get any any big differences as far as that goes. I, I was just wondering if you know the settings had something yeah. different, or uh, there was uh, just a continuity on. No, uh, land and versus sea. So, um, yeah, uh, I, like I say, they they do say that that water has a lot to do with it, and of course the the ship is floating in water, and then a place like the the James House, for instance, uh, there is not any any rivers or anything right close by, but there are. A number of wells right on the property around the house, so there is there is water oh. involved there too, you know. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I it, actually hadn't thought of that until now. Okay. I I I don't you, you know, just sit there and bring out all these um, interesting details. I, I just hmm. I just kind of like connecting dots and see if. See if we can find patterns. Yeah. I like that. It's a, I think it was supposed to be a profiler, but you know, it's uh, ended up in radio instead. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but okay, so uh, you and my good buddy. Lynn Nickerson uh, did a uh, documentary on um, America Stonehenge a few years ago, and you're working on another one. Uh, what's going on with this follow-up documentary? Uh, right now, uh, we 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 did a. Uh, a lot of the filming back in uh, September, I guess it was, 
and I've been working on uh, editing. But uh, we did have some uh, technical difficulties, so there are a couple of things that we have to go back and uh, refilm. And so we're just right at this point. Uh, we got to schedule something with Dennis when we'll be able to go back and, and film again. Uh, this time of year, we won't be able to film outside, so we'll we'll be doing it inside. But uh, that's basically right now. It's kind of on hold until we can go back and uh, and redo a couple of a couple of the scenes. Okay. It, it, so it, that that will be that will be coming out. I, I expect sometime this winter. Okay, it, and is it going to be another uh, YouTube uh, release or you know, uh, visible on YouTube? Yeah, it'll be it'll be on YouTube, and it's it's actually it's, we're doing it as a, an episode of a, a Edge of Reality TV um, that we we did at. Uh, uh, local TV station, uh, Havel Community TV in uh, Havel, Mass. And so it will be shown on uh, on local TV stations as well as on, on YouTube. Cool. Okay. So um, we'll be able to see, see it sometime soon then. Yeah, sometime this winter, I would guess. Okay. Good. Uh, I think uh, I think probably we'll be going back up there. Uh, I don't know. We said after the first of the year, so I guess that has come. So uh, it could be could be shortly. I guess we haven't set a date yet, but uh, it probably won't be too much longer before we get back there. Cool. Okay. And yeah, William, I know. Uh, you know, you have to get up for work early in the morning so I, I don't want to keep you up any later than you have to be but uh, is there anything you want to uh, conclude tonight's show with uh, any websites uh, you know, there's the USS hyphen Salem dot org website that, that people can visit is there uh do you have any uh, other websites? Uh, anything else you want to um, um, plug? Well, yeah. As, as as far as the Salem itself goes, uh, that is the website USS-Salem.org, and of course you can uh, you go to Facebook and type in USS Salem, and they have a Facebook page too, so you can get the information about the ship and. Uh, and when it will be open to the public, it should be open sometime. I I think probably April. They uh, they open for the year. I'm not sure. And if you're interested in uh, paranormal investigations aboard the ship, that would be uh, um, Greater Boston Paranormal Associates is the ones that takes care of that. Uh, they are on Facebook, and they also have a website which is G B P R dot I believe, but if you just if you go to Google and just type in Greater Boston Paranormal Associates or go to go to Facebook, you'll find it, and uh, you can uh, you know find out all the information about paranormal tours on there. And I don't know just when they're going to start, but I'm sure it'll be probably spring or late spring, and 
they do uh, they do a number of them throughout the uh, throughout the season, and it's it's always a good time. And let's see, the only other thing I would say uh, to uh, go to see Soul of, Soul of the Sea Witch, just uh, just go to YouTube and just type in Soul of the Sea Witch, and it will come right up. And uh, I hope you I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, it, it, yeah. I, I hope uh, one of my main things right now for for this video is a, I hope it uh, at least in some way helps to bring some attention to the Salem and uh, to get people down there to visit and uh, hopefully donate money to the ship and, and help them out. So that's that's really what I'm I'm looking for at this point is awareness of the ship. Oh yeah, I, I, that's a, a worthy cause and. Your, your documentary is, uh, you know, very, very enjoyable, insightful, uh, well done movie. It was a lot of fun, and well, Aaron, appreciate. Uh, thank, thank you, thank you for that, Mark. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I just let you uh, get your jammies on, head 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 to bed, and uh, you know uh, we can. Uh, kind of wrap up the show, but you and Lynn and I think Dennis will be back sometime soon for another appearance, and I'm looking forward to that. So you're not going okay. too far from us. So. That would be great, and I, I want to thank you uh, very much for having me on tonight. It's been uh, been fun. Always nice to talk to you. Yeah, uh, I I had a great time. So, uh, you know, Barbara, if you want to. Uh, get ready to wrap up the show. Uh, that that's fine. And you know, good, good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care.